this episode brought to you by Avantis Education. With a comprehensive range of innovative solutions designed solely for education, Avantis's family of award-winning brands work in harmony with teachers, students, and each other to simplify classroom technology for everyone. AvantisEducation.com. Hey, we're at FETC 2023. Really excited to have uh, our next guest in the seat, back in the seat. As yeah, that's say. right. That's right. So we're going to let him tell us who he is and what he does and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, my name is Chris Klein. I'm the head of education for Avantis Education over here in North America. Uh, we've got some really exciting things that we're talking about here at the show, and I can't wait to share it with your audience. Awesome. So last time we spoke, we had some stuff that was going to happen. That was, I guess, six months ago, seven months ago at ISTE, mm -hmm. but now a lot has changed, Yes, and we can talk more about those changes, so enlighten us. <laughs> Absolutely. So everybody tends to know Avantis Education, you know, I, I jokingly refer to us as Big Orange. Um, they know us as a turnkey virtual reality headset and management platform system. Uh, what we had done, and this was a precursor, this actually came out of ISTE, no, I'm sorry, this came out of COVID. Um, we had started to double down on what we could do from a resource and infrastructure standpoint, uh, as everyone did. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we noticed um, during COVID was a lot of schools switched over to Zoom. Mm -hmm. And Zoom was a beloved and hated product all at the same time. <laughs> right, exactly. yes, And, yes. and the, the, the main reason why, as we did our research, the main reason why was because of the camera. Right, the camera really impacted the way students wanted to be seen by their classmates or the teachers at home, et cetera. And nobody wanted to see their dog walking in the background. They didn't want to open up that slice of their life to everyone in their class. So we said, well, what if we could do a similar thing, except we could do it with avatars as opposed to doing it with a live camera. Hmm. So that way you're still able to see the physical representation of the person, but you don't have to worry about the camera being on so teachers can take attendance, et cetera. And at the time we came up with something called Vroom, VR Room, instead yeah. of Zoom. As we looked at that, we said, well, we could make a little shared space out on the internet and it could involve uh, all the students gathering on a beach or in a space station or whatever. And they all have the little avatars and supports voice over IP and has positional audio and all these really cool things. And then we thought, what if we added in curriculum to that? And the curriculum then started to become something that we called, that I spoke with you guys about last year, called Avantis World. Mm -hmm. yeah. Avantis World is the world's first virtual reality theme park. And what it does is it actually takes kind of the Epcot Center approach where we have four different lands. Mm -hmm. We have Super Science, Trip Through Time, Engaging Earth, and uh, Literacy Land. Mm -hmm. Each one of those lands has several zones based off of whether it be a certain time period in Trip Through Time or a certain aspect of science like the internet or electricity or something like that and within each of those zones we have multiple scenes we've written some curriculum to go along with it so teachers have some guiding notes and the but the underlying technology concept is the same which is getting students in a shared online environment where they're represented by avatars where they're able to talk to each other and have a have a group experience that's the metaverse yeah. Right, right. That's yes. the metaverse. If yes. you look at what the metaverse is actually explained as, that's what it is. So we have we've now launched back at ISTE, and we are going full in on this. We have the Eduverse. Hmm education metaverse because if you've ever seen something like Ready Player One yeah. there's a great scene in Ready Player One where the 
person that's looking to take over the uh, the Oasis, I think is what, what it was called there. And they were talking about how much ad space they could sell on the visuals display before it became uh, a negative impact on the players. We want to make sure that if we're building something for the metaverse, for education, that it actually holds to the integrity of what education is supposed to be. Yeah, it's yeah. not a way to just sh shovel money out of the schools. Mm -hmm. It needs to be protected. It needs to be safe. It needs to be controlled. It needs to be monitored. So edgiverse.com has now launched. And it, the great thing about it is everyone can get into the edgiverse for free. So we've started with this idea of a metaverse for education, go to the website, Users can sign up for it for free today. They can go and register, and now all of a sudden they have free access to some of those scenes that I was talking about. The playground, the spaceship, the beach, etc. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we also saw a mass exodus from the space by a pretty large company, Google. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had customers that for years kept coming up to us saying, we just spent tens of thousands of dollars on all these Google Expeditions kits and they killed the app. Yeah. What can you guys do to help us? <coughs> we, we don't want to buy your hardware because we already have hardware. Mm -hmm. We said, you know, what if we came up with our own expeditions, our own way to use the Eduverse mm -hmm. to be able to deliver content, again, that can be a shared experience or it could be an individual experience. The teacher's ultimately in control and can guide the students through the resource they need to enhance their instruction. So eduverse.com is our big push right now. We are talking to other companies to possibly bring their content over into this platform as well. We have Class VR, which is our hardware and software blended product that's still there so if someone doesn't have headsets, hey, come take a look at us because it all ties in together, mm -hmm. right? Or if you've already spent a, a significant amount on hardware, whether it be Chromebooks, whether it be other VR headsets or something like that, you can still use the Edgiverse and you can still use Avantis World on all of those other platforms mm -hmm. and still have that shared, not as immersive, but shared environment. And that's what we want to bring to the education market give you the metaverse, but give it to you in something that you can trust, something that is easy. You All you have to do is take your phone, scan a QR code, boom, you're in, and I'm talking to you, and we could be doing this next year in the Edgiverse, and we could have the same type of conversation. Sure. You know? Challenge accepted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, what I love, and, and something that just caught me there is right, right there, things you were talking about, you know, other platforms. I mean, you've created the Edgiverse now. So, you know, it, like I said earlier in the conversation off mic, I said, you know, there's plenty of grass in the, in the, the pasture for all the cows to graze on it. That's really cool, but you've created the platform now to bring in so many other platforms and, you know, share the responsibility, you know, share the education value that's really amazing well that that's really what we want to do i when you take a look at uh, regardless of what company you're looking at whether they are a software play whether they're a hardware play or something like that it too often focuses on the product and not really the medium mm -hmm. and we think that Eduverse, I, I see this really as being a game changer moving forward, even to the point of, yes, we want other parties, we want other companies to come and work with us to help develop this, but we want to make sure that it stays pure in what, in what the essence of it is. However, we're looking at a new change in education. I, I jokingly uh, came up with the phrase, um, chair tip moment. COVID provided education a chair tip moment where you're leaning back on your chair and all of a sudden you catch yourself. Yeah. That's what happened because all of a sudden we realized 
what if this ever happens again? We're not ready for it. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody started to pour money into infrastructure and wireless access points and devices, et cetera. And that's wonderful. Well, what if this does happen again? Now schools think they don't think twice about, oh, we're going to have a virtual day today. Right. Okay, great. You have a virtual day today. And everyone's built up to be able to do that. So what if we can now help establish what this could look like moving forward? What if we get to the situation where, unfortunately, we continue to lose qualified teachers from the teacher profession, and we have to start leveraging remote learning? Because there's right. only one China, Chinese teacher, Mandarin Chinese teacher, in uh, New Hampshire. Right. And all the schools though could partake in that because we've now shifted not just from a inside the classroom walls into a truly anytime anywhere learning environment that's where i think the focus on the medium is really going to pay off and that's where we believe that education is ultimately heading yeah i agree so uh, uh, okay so l- let me just back up just a hair uh, yeah. for for the educators that are listening right a um, couple of a couple of things that you touched on one was you know anybody anybody can go and they can sign up for free. Yes. Right? So anybody does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, as an educator, what can I do? Uh, first of all, what are, what are some provisions to allow me as an educator to set up, say, my walled garden? Right. Likewise, um, are there provisions for um, similarly thinking where this is not just a, a free-for-all. This is not second life. Right. Exactly. Right? Well, I think one of the big things is there, there are going to be necessary gates that have to be opened, let's say. So anyone could right now can go to edgeverse.com. You can go ahead and go there and you can look around and you can see what's there. Uh, you, you, we've got several sample scenes there. We've got some free content, et cetera, on our expeditions because we have Edgeverse expeditions as well. Uh, so you're able to play around with that just as a you at your computer. If you register your account, so that's the first sort of hurdle. If you go ahead and say, yes, we believe in this. We think it's good. We want to see more. So I'm going to put in my email address. I'm going to register, get an account. Now, all of a sudden, I have access to a basic level of features. And that basic level of features could be uh, the ability to invite up to five users at a time yeah. in a session, but not everybody and their brother. Okay. So yeah. in theory, yes, it could be used by industry. It could be used by parents. It could be used by family members. Yeah, they could go and do that without a problem. It's when you then get to the premium content. That, so that would then be a subscription. That's when you're sure. going to have full access and a full suite of teacher tools and access to all 300 scenes in Avantis World and all of that stuff. But there will have to be those thresholds. Sure. We, want, we don't want to stop the dedicated teacher who is in a financial crisis but wants to impact their students. We don't want to necessarily stop them, but we do have to keep that, unfortunately, management and control oh, sure. that you were just talking oh, yeah. about. One of the, one of the scenes in our Eduversity, which is a free scene on Eduverse.com that I love as a former teacher, is it's a playground scene. So all the students are represented by avatars. You can have multiple students in there, and basically it's a playground. But the thing I like about it more than anything else is that on the playground there's three key areas. And above it, there's a floating triangle, a floating square, and a floating circle. When I used to teach middle school, one of the things that I learned was if I asked students, how many of you think chocolate is your favorite ice cream? I'd have 10 hands go up. 
How many of you like vanilla? Ten hands would go up. Strawberry, ten hands would go up. I've only got 22 students on about 30 votes, right? So I learned as a teaching tool that I was going to use proximity. Okay, everybody stand up. If you think chocolate is your favorite, go and touch that wall. And everyone had to have a forced choice. So looking at just that basic layout of what the playground looks like, you're able to say, okay, if you think the answer is A, go stand under the triangle. And they're able to move their avatars over. To stand underneath it. So, with basic building blocks like that, a good teacher, a creative teacher, is able to use this and that doesn't have to spend a penny. And they're able to automatically get their students involved remotely, in person, on a Chromebook, a phone, a headset, whatever it may happen to be. And that's what we want to do. We're the platform, we're that medium for good instruction. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So what's interesting is to me, when I when I think of this, we we had actually talked about this during the pandemic. And this is a discussion that came with my tech guys and stuff. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, the whole classrooms were here and, you know, and and you got to do stuff like get cool backpacks and get different hats for your avatars and and things like that, which make it more, you know, intrinsic for the kids to go, hey, I'm going to achieve these things in the verse and I'm going to have these things like we do when we play, uh, well, any of those games, PUBG or any of those things where you you buy all the hats and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Is that something that, you know, going to be part of it or is it something that you think might evolve into that? gamification of yeah, it is. the gamification of it. And and that's a really interesting question because it is an active conversation. Um, and I can argue either side depending on what mood I'm in. Right. <laughs> um, but one of, the th- one of the things that I keep going back to is we already know that in almost every school culture, whether it be public, private, parochial, um, religious, whatever it may happen to be, there's always an element of the haves and the have-nots. Right. And anything that I, anything that we put in that would allow something along the lines of "ha ha, I've got this," you don't. If there's that yeah. opens the door to cyberbullying and things like that. Sure. So sure. right now we kind of have kept things pretty amorphous, mm-hmm. where they are their their cartoon. Cartoon avatars, and they vary in color, but that's really about it. Yeah. We every time we start down that path, we start pulling it back. Well, what if it's achievement based? Mm-hmm. Okay, well then you've got some students. Uh, right. You know, it starts to become difficult on on the gamification. I like it because it's engaging for students. Sure. But some students really dive into that, and they're going to ultimately know the cheat codes, and they're going to, you know, it, it, it gets difficult, and I don't think there's a good answer to that. Yeah. So we would prefer to stay as um, conservative as possible mm-hmm. yeah. and to not open that door as opposed to op- blowing the door open and then having to try to shut it down. Sure, right. sure. Because that's what happened with the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blew open. Oh, this is going to be the great thing. Everyone go and do whatever. And there were virtually no rules on it. Yeah. And within the first two hours, one of the senior developers actually quit to like rip the headset off her head because she's like, oh, I was basically not being treated nice as a female in this environment. Right. And she's like, I don't ever want to go back in there. And I helped develop the doggone thing. Yeah. 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 So we want to prevent that. So I think it's, it's better to be a little bit cautious sure. as we're rolling this out. But we, those conversations are happening. We just don't know the right way to crack that. Sure, egg. sure. And I can see that. That's kind of why I ask it because yeah. you know that's the way I look at it. We, we're not all great gamers. We're not all this. You know, 
I, don't, I, I never see anybody spending money on it. It's going to be achievement, but then we get into achievement based, and you know, right? Exactly. Jeff doesn't read at the same level as David does, maybe. Yeah. So that's not fair either. So, and, and, and it doesn't matter whether you call them, oh, these are my dolphins, and these are my unicorns, and this team is what. Or, uh, students are smart. Yeah. Kids are smart. They know, what, regardless of what you call it, if I'm in the low group, I'm in the low group. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And how does that make me feel? And yeah. you know, the social and emotional wellness of the student through mm-hmm. all of that, it, it, it gets to be hard because you need to do that to best be able to differentiate and meet their needs. But how public does that need to be? Right. And right. you don't want to have people walking around with a badge on them right. saying, I am of lesser because of whatever. So we want to allow some of that. Creativity is definitely a way to uh, definitely a way to look at it, and the more students are able to customize, but at what cost? Sure, sure. So, um, Chat GPT, AI, all of this is you know blowing up on us now at this point. Yep. What's that play out for you guys? Where do you see AI in your process? Because right now, is it more of I'm in this world. There's things I can do, but there are only certain things that I can do. I mean, right. there has to be. Well, I think a lot of that also, when we're talking about AI, when we're talking about things along those lines, uh, it, it goes back to one of our core tenets, and that is we do not want to replace the role of the teacher. Mm-hmm. We want to enhance what the teacher's able to do with technology, mm-hmm. and therefore, the design of everything has always been, we're not going to give you your lesson. We're going to give you a way to utilize virtual and augmented reality resources to enhance your existing lesson. I think this kind of goes along that same pathway. I I do get asked quite a bit by educators saying, well, I was walking around the scene for the Civil War, or or even better, I went to the Rosa Parks civil rights scene in Avantis World, and I saw Rosa Parks sitting on the bench. Why can't I go over and sit down next to her and talk to her? And it's like, okay, I I, I do think that is interesting, yes. Um, Typically, that would be handled by an app because the developer is actually dictating those yeah. scripts and all of that. Yeah, subscript, yeah. And, and with AI, it does open up the possibility of having a bot that is able to respond. But we see how that is if you ever try to go to like FedEx or UPS right. and get one of the automated <laughs> chatbots yes. back. Um, <laughs> but it, it starts to become the replacement of the teacher then. Sure. And right now, again, conservatively, we're looking at it as, look, there's Rosa Parks. And it's a, it's a good representation of Rosa Parks. But it's up to the teacher to give that auditory, to nice. give that verbal. And that makes sense. It, it, but it is, it is interesting because technology is always kind of tantalizing, saying, look what you could do. Right, right. But the question that I always go back to is, yeah, but is it something we should do? Right, that's right. Exactly. exactly. Well, and the processing power alone would be so expensive. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we yeah. get into the well, cost too. You know that that is a viable feature there. I mean, yeah. that's that's a piece that most schools are going to look at. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, go ahead, David. No, I, well, I, I was just going to say, you know, and and we touched on several aspects uh, about why, you know. That in that particular situation could be you know a little rough you know getting into in and around and and really hadn't even touched on you know the entire other aspect of you know you're talking about some kind of synthesized voice you're talking about I mean for all intents and purposes putting thoughts into this person who was a real person right. into their head quote unquote head into their quote unquote mouthpiece mm-hmm. and having that spit back out again 
that's some very potentially dangerous ground to be treading on. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, that would be much uh, easier to leave very it difficult in the hands know. of the teacher. Well, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and to just have that representation on the screen, but not make it interactive. Yeah. Like, you know, here's you know here here's the representation of this person. Right. But you know, we're not. You're not going to go up and shake hands and sit down and have a conversation because that's you know, again very dangerous. That's super territory. cool, though. So how many? So you, you had said 300 worlds. 300, 300 immersive scenes. Yeah, yes. 300 immersive scenes. That's and we're continuing massive. to put out probably about 10 or so every month. Cool. So we're going to continue to grow and add that as we go. And as I said, we, we have recently, relatively recently, within the last six months, launched Literacy Land. That was our new yeah. land. Um, so you've got Shakespeare in there. You've got Telltale Heart. You've got every all the way back to Jack and the Beanstalk and some of the early primary years. But we're continuing to look at, well, if we've got earth science and if we've got physical science and we've got um, history and we've got literacy, well, what could we do for maths? What could we do for some of these other topics? Yeah. Then that spins out into what if we did something for career and jobs? And, you know, I think there's a lot of different avenues that we could just drop a new land in mm. and add it to the theme park. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really can't talk about which sure. lands oh, we're looking yeah, at yeah, there. No, no. So I, I am curious, though, So for so because this is not visual, and actually we're not looking at anything right. other than each other anyway. Um, <laughs> so describe what one of these scenes mm -hmm. looks like to the person you know, who, who's, who's looking at it. Because I, I would tell you, in my head, uh, okay, I'm old. This is going to date me big time, right? <laughs> what I'm picturing is something along the lines of like a digital color forms. So I'm assuming that's probably not right or not exactly. So it explain what does that what, yeah. what do they look like well it's not it, it, I, I'm not going to go out and say that it's photorealistic sure it, it, it's not um, but for example if I were to take a look at um, the Rosa Park scene mm -hmm. I'll, I'll use that as an example so when you are when you open the scene you see a bus mm -hmm. right and you're able to walk your avatar onto the bus mm -hmm. and it is, a, it is a good historical representation of the actual bus that Rosa Park sat on as you're walking down the aisle of the bus you see a sign that says white only. You see Rosa Parks sitting there. Then as you walk off the bus, you then there's a diner there and there's a white and colored entrance to the diner and you walk in. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Why was this positioned this way? Why is this only counter seating? Why is this table seating? You go outside, you see the two different water fountains as they were labeled during the time. You, and then we will sometimes throw little things like, here's a copy of the green book sitting on the park bench. What is the green book? What does the green book represent? Has anyone seen that movie, the, the green book, et cetera? Um, but what's important is the scene can be used by anyone at any age, mm -hmm. and it could just be a blank slate, pretty much. Teach from it what you want to. Sure. But we do also have a set of teacher's notes and student notes. Yeah. Do this, do this, look for that, discuss this, and so on. So there is that curricular aspect behind it. Yeah. It's difficult to get... 50 different states, right. 50 different standards, right. sure, sure. all of right. that. Right. But So we kind of we kind of shoot down the middle. Mm -hmm. We say, okay, kind of grades 
four to eight is kind of the sweet spot for the lessons that are being provided. But again, a good teacher, you don't need a lesson to use that playground. Right, right. right. You just, I've got aspects here and I can go and teach it. Or I just want to teach on the moon today to be different. So we're going to go on the moon. Yeah, there's a lunar lander over there, but we're not going to even talk about that. We just want to look at the earth off in the distance. So it can be as much or as little as they're kind of wanting there. Yeah, that's very cool. So uh, as we wrap up here, I want to ask you this question. Uh, As an educator, your top five key words for this, for everything you guys are bringing to the table now, your top five key words, because you know how we teachers work. Give me those those top five key words that are going to hit my brain and stimulate my thought. Immersive. Okay. Engaging. Supportive. (laughs) Customizable. And easy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean that 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 is really what we do. If I go back to what we did with Class VR, yeah. and I think I mentioned this when we spoke last time, everybody else built a piece of hardware mm-hmm. and said, "Here, go on the Play Store and find an app, and that t- makes it educational." Yeah. yeah. We started with we we know we can build hardware, but what tools do teachers need? to be able to actually use VR. Mm -hmm. Let us focus on building those tools first. Mm -hmm. So when we get to the hardware and it gets in the teacher's hand, they say, oh, you know, I didn't ever think about the students that can't use virtual reality because of vertigo. Right. So what do I do in that situation? Well, we've built in the fact that you can take a look at all the screenshots and get a video feed up in thumbnails of what all the students are seeing. You can click on one to enlarge it so that if you can't use the headset, you can see what Jimmy's doing on his headset because I'm displaying it on my screen. Nice. So it's little things like that. We want to take, we want to round off the rough edges to make it as simple as possible for teachers to simply be able to utilize this technology. A lot of people focus on the students. And I hate to say this because it sounds like it it, it doesn't sound the way I'm intending it, but we don't build for the students. We build for the teachers. Nice. Because if the teachers, I don't care if they spend a million dollars or if they spend ten dollars, if if it gets put in the teacher's classroom, the teachers do not feel that they can safely and comfortably use it, that it works with their curriculum, does not replace them, and if they feel that they're supported throughout the process, then the students will get to touch it. Yep. Otherwise, it's just going to collect dust. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, Chris, if our listeners want to find out more and find out information, what's the best way they can find that out? Edgyverse.com. Edgyverse.com. Yep. Chris, thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Thanks. It's always a pleasure, man. Nice to see you guys again. Yeah, buddy. Thanks to everyone listening, and let's have a good show. Awesome. Thank you. This episode brought to you by Avantis Education. With a comprehensive range of innovative solutions designed solely for education, Avantis's family of award-winning brands work in harmony with teachers, students, and each other to simplify classroom technology for everyone. AvantisEducation.com.